0: Here we go, 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 this is it!
1: This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. And we stand here today, we are standing up aren't we, especially for this. Always,
0: saluting as well. We
1: stand on the cusp, on the brink Mm. of podcasting history, basically. This
0: is, this is... like when they launched Channel 4. <laughs>
1: or even Channel 5. Yeah, yeah with, with the Spice, the Spice Girls. Girls. Yeah. We should have hired the
0: Spice Girls. They were available it for bookings. Been,
1: it wouldn't have been difficult, would it? Yeah. Uh, this is the first episode of The Keen Odyssey 2, which in a typically cack-handed kind of way, we are doing Roy's first book, second. Mm-hmm. After we've already dealt Origin with Origin story. Origin story. Exactly yeah, what George exactly. Lucas did yeah, with Star Wars. When he went back and did the first three ones. You so, find in the
0: background. Who was he? Where did he come who, from? Who, who was will, his father? Who
1: will emerge as Jar Jar Binks?
0: Yes. In this? <laughs> was he formed by Medichlorians and didn't actually. wasn't born by spunk and eggs like. Like everyone else. Like, like a the normal, rest of us. Like Chewbacca was. <laughs> uh,
1: what an image. So uh, let's start at the beginning, I suppose, Sam.
0: Do we not need to. Recap the story so far Do we? of what happened. Well, basically, in the second book, <laughs> what we learnt was Roy Keane had a running feud with the fictional wooden crow, woodpecker. woodpecker Professor Yaffle from Bagpus. Out of Bagpus. he fell out with loads of people, not least Carlos Quiros, mm-hmm. Jim Magilton, and um, Pablo Canuga, and Pab- Pablo Canuga, <laughs> author. Of the legendary memoir <laughs> this and that, um, and then in the end he gave it all up, became a pundit, had Didn't a dodgy pundit, had really. a dodgy trip to Africa with Marcel Desailly, ended
1: up with some uh, explosives,
0: yeah, on his, on his, hand, his bag, on his
1: bag. Um, and, and spent a lot of time retreating in his Spider hole.
0: Yeah, um,
1: I can't remember what else,
0: and that was it. It was just very angry. But now, this is where we embark upon the beginning of his life and the first half of his professional football career and find out what made him so angry. I mean, that's the question that I want answered from yeah. this. Do you?
1: Well, I've got lots of questions, but okay. uh, they'll they'll unfurl themselves as we go along. Right. It, it opens with an introduction chapter, which is, doesn't begin at the beginning. It begins at the 2002 World Cup, mm. where, of course, he, he had a massive barney with uh, Mick McCarthy, Ireland yeah. manager. Um, Stick out
0: your bollocks you English cunt Best line ever isn't it In in football In
1: in literary history
0: It it really is In in, in the the history of humanity Genuinely Genuine opinion I think Stick out your bollocks you English cunt Is up there with anything Shakespeare ever wrote
1: Yeah it says everything and more In the space of just a few
0: words It's powerful and poetic Most of all it's just A unique use of language Delivered with spontaneity I very much doubt Roy Keane sat thinking of that in his bedroom in Saypen the night before, it, it blurted out. And you've got to remember, if we're comparing Shakespeare and Roy Keane, which yeah. is what we are doing, let's face yeah. it, Shakespeare sat with his fucking quill at his desk or whatever they... Fucking it, that was a day. Whatever excuse for a fucking desk they had in them yeah. times, right? Probably in a the, fucking the, muddy the fucking pit.
1: back of a dead ox or something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, Right. Fucking slaving over all of this, you know, to be or not to be... Wank. ...bullshit, and fair enough, he did some good lines, but he sat there writing, rewriting, thinking, mm. wringing his hands, going for a fag... Walking up and down. ...contemplating. Wanky. Keen, bang. Stick it up your bollocks, you English cunt.
1: It's it's kind of like you can, as you say, he wouldn't have pre-rehearsed it, but mm. it's there's a lot going on in there that's obviously just being distilled down into that one sentence at that one moment. Yes. The stuff that he's been thinking about and dwelling on and brooding over, and then it's just all perfectly distilled, like a diamond. If you like how a diamond if is formed. If you formed. can
0: convey, if you are capable of conveying a million and one different emotions, feelings, thoughts, and messages in one simple line mm. like that... Mm. That is that is true art. Yeah. And that is what he did. And of all of his many, many achievements um, that we're going to go through as we delve through this book, that's perhaps his greatest. Stick up your voice. How do you stick something up your bollocks? This is the it's thing that right point. from the first moment I heard this quote, mm. which was probably within hours of it being delivered because it's yeah. spread around the world like a virus. My first instinct, I mean, it's like JFK dying or Diana dying. Yeah. You always remember where you were. Yeah. And I remember sitting at home, this coming across my radar and me thinking... You have a radar? I've got radar. Beep, beep, <laughs> beep, beep. Ah, oh, sounds like there's been a commotion in Japan.
1: <laughs> Did you press a button and some kind of paper beep, feed comes yeah. out of it?
0: <laughs> Tear like, it off? Like, you know, like when you see old films of how the stock exchange reports came yeah. through on little strips of paper? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. News from, say, Japan. Stop. Mm. World Cup Island Squad Meltdown. Stop. Stick it up your bollocks, you English cunt. Stop. I thought, that's got to be Keno. How do you stick something up your bollocks? Sounds horrible.
1: (laughs) And he says English. Must be about McCarthy. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I worked it out pretty quick. But that's the journalist in me, Andy. That's
1: what it is. Yeah. Sam's
0: Um,
1: So he... he, he he starts with that basically in the book um and he says almost 31 i knew this would be probably my last shot at a world cup i knew the irish setup was less than perfect everyone knew that but even by irish standards the past week had been beyond belief beneath the calm front i was really angry and hurt angry about the unprofessionalism in the irish camp the absence of real ambition the going through the motions approach to a tournament that ought to be the goal of every footballer we were irish we did it our way that was the boast. The world loved us, we told ourselves. Weren't we the cabaret act? They had to get the party going before leaving when the tournament got serious. Then back home for another party to celebrate the one good result we usually got. Watch the final stages on telly.
0: Great. It does sound great. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, what, as I read that, I just thought, that sounds yeah. great. It to sounds us. much better yeah. than, you know, the team like Germany. They go out, win. There's no fun. Efficiently win. Efficiently win. Walk. Win, win. Win, win. You work for the result, you train, you win, you go to sleep. You're stripped of you your identity. Up. You are
1: only Germany. You yeah.
0: become Germany. Yeah, you are the German flag. <laughs> you are Johnny Deutscher. <laughs> right? But it's um but it's boring. And then no they parties. get to the end of it and they do not celebrate. Move on to next challenge. Prepare
1: for two thousand and
0: six. <laughs> yeah. But Roy but how he just described the Irish attitude yeah. made me think fucking great.
1: But that's why Roy is Roy. Mm. and and we're not
0: maybe he would have been happier born a German
1: (laughs) probably yeah so he says uh, was that why we got through our group knocked out out Holland finished unbeaten second to the Portuguese not for me I was a Manchester Mm -hmm. United player Mm -hmm. we only partied when we won so yeah he's talking about his his journey back from Japan Um, on the plane he says on the flight I watched some DVDs Follity Towers good old Basil yeah. He
0: could manage Ireland. Best bit. Best <laughs> bit in the intro. On <laughs> the flight. I watched some DVDs. Faulty Towers. Good old Basil. Have you seen that? Have you seen that programme, Faulty Towers? The documentary about the hotel. It's about a man, madman. Mad runs a hotel. Down in Turkey, I think it is. Absolute fucking chaos. But the problem is, everyone blames him, but he's got this daft Spanish waiter. He's got Holding his, him back. His, his wife's holding him back. The waiter, the waitress, it's a fucking mess. He's got this mad old man who lives in there full time. I don't know whether he's paying or what. calls himself the Major. It's an absolute fucking catastrophe. I feel for the fella.
1: He's the only one who knows what's going on, <laughs> but he's got all these cunts holding him back and dragging him down. Now, to me. Unprofessional. To me, I felt as though, in Saipan, I was Basil Fawlty.
0: <laughs> I
1: met McCarty, He was a little Spanish fella. He was Manuel. And I wanted to hit him on the head with a spoon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I couldn't do that.
1: Because it was a hierarchy.
0: <laughs> Mick was the boss. I was I wasn't. Rabbi Keane. Robbie Keane, star of the show back then. He was like Polly, the waitress. He meant well. He was pretty enough. A bit sexy. But he, he, he was pretty enough. He's attractive. But you know, when, when the chips were down, it's no use whatsoever. And the wife, Sybil I'm not sure who she was, but but <laughs> I kind of found her a lot
1: sexier the older I got. Do you know what I mean? When I was a younger man, I didn't find her all that sexy, but then I got a bit older uh-huh. and I started thinking about her a lot.
0: <laughs> even modern than Polly where have I gone with this I'm not sure in a way watching it on the plane only made me worse I was trying to relax and put it all behind me I saw a all the stars I thought oh fuck me Here we this go is a <laughs> all over again welcome to hell I thought
1: <laughs> not for the first time
0: <laughs> and certainly
1: not for the last
0: <laughs> yeah it's great that he watches that on the way back Uh he goes on he's real, real keen on British Airways generally he really used at this stage in the book I had low hopes for it because we should remember as well that Roddy <laughs> Doyle wrote the yeah. one, the previous one that we did. Yeah. Second volume. Whereas this was Eamon Dumpy, former footballer himself, of course. Yeah,
1: a notable writer and journalist, but also yeah. a little bit poor faced and up himself. Yeah, and he, he's, he's no Roddy Doyle. Doyle.
0: He's not Roddy Doyle, of course he's not. And the, uh, first. Eamon, I, you know Roddy Doyle. <laughs> you know Roddy Doyle, who I haven't met yet, but when I do my second volume of my, of my memoirs, he's which in I, a which I'll be doing with him in 10 years from now. You'll be, be nowhere near that. And we be moving my Military style has to move on, Eamon. Uh, so, because Eamon Dumphy and Roy Keane are using up quite a lot of word count, right, in the style <laughs> of, of when you read down the budget. Just on point things. When we arrived in Hong Kong, there was somebody from British Airways waiting for me. And while he had discovered our flight was late, put me on a late flight to London, first class, a bed. It's going to
1: be David Peace there.
0: I was ready for sleep. A bed.
1: a bed for sleeping in.
0: A bed. The blanket. The blanket and the pillow, the pillow for my head, my head with my brain, my brain with my tarts, my tarts without the anger and the rage and the confusion. Take it about Basil Fawlty, round the <laughs> clock. So he's really chuffed to have been pumped by this. Bear in mind, he's, a, he's got a fair few quid in the bank by this stage. So anyway, yeah. He's been playing for Man United for about 10 years. Uh, but he's absolutely delighted. And he goes, I'll never forget British Airways. They were Brilliant. <laughs> Just brilliant all the way. It's straight into Partridge here, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I, w- it is, yeah. I-, I
0: couldn't sleep. My head was racing. I watched a video. Denzel Washington in Training Day. Not very good.
1: There's no 50 Towers. Put it that way.
0: <laughs> it's absolutely fucking <clears throat> ludicrous. A police officer in uh, somewhere in America. I don't know where. But it, uh, it's. I don't know whether they would sit in the future in space or what. But. <laughs> It wasn't like any police officer I'd ever seen there was before. There were certainly no parallels to the 2002 <laughs> World Cup. <laughs> the two air hostesses were really <laughs> kind. We support you 100%, they said. They were making breakfast. I went to the galley to chat to them. Oh, God. <laughs> I wonder what the... I'm thinking,
1: fuck I wonder me. what he means by chat. Did he, did he actually chat or did he deliver I like I can't a... sleep. Did he deliver like a, a tirade of... <laughs>
0: I can't fucking <laughs> and sleep. And burden himself. What are you doing? Well, we're just... Can I a go? <laughs> yeah. Stop doing that Can I can, uh, You're cooking breakfast are you i would cook it too What do you want Some eggs frying up Come on I've got to keep myself busy It's the kind of animal I am I've got
1: an apron in my hand Look I take can... it everywhere Can you <laughs> see it It's got a pair of boobs on But they're not really boobs It's quite Cart- funny
0: Cartoon boobs It's quite funny It might, might put a smile on your fucking face I've noticed you've been looking A bit fucking miserable Half this fucking flight It's so tight Because of them buns you got in your hair Is that what it is <laughs> I can't sit still I need to be doing something Whether that's playing for Ireland at the World Cup Or cooking eggs on a British Airways flight back from Japan
1: These are the highest eggs I've ever cooked
0: (laughs) Do you know that? (laughs) Must be some kind of record Get Roy Castle on the phone
1: I was, are these the highest ever civilian eggs that's ever been
0: cooked <laughs> I bet they are that's me I'm always pushing the boundaries of everything I do that's the captain no I'll go and ask him <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask him if I can have a go flying
1: <laughs> this was 2002 that kind of thing was fine then
0: no, no it, wasn't. Oh, it wasn't it, was, oh, it wasn't just one I wonder I, I, oh, I yeah. fucking hope that he gets onto his thoughts on 9-11 at some <laughs> point <laughs> see and those then... planes <laughs> see those passengers on the planes that led them fellas just get 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 in the cockpit, and Floyd. What the fuck were they thinking? Hey, I said it is those six words. Jet <laughs> fuel can't melt steel beams. <laughs> Have a little Google of it. There's a documentary. It's, it's called, on YouTube. It, it's on YouTube. It's called Loose Change. It's everybody's as good as faulty towers, <laughs> and it's revealing too. A lot of parallels with the 2002 World Cup in Saipan. <laughs> I don't know who was behind that. I don't know who was behind 911. <laughs>
1: to me. Osama bin Laden was living <laughs> like Mick <Mid-Bakadi>. McCarthy,
0: <laughs> And if I'd seen Osama, I would have said the same thing to him as I said to Mick. I'd said, stick it up your pollocks, you Saudi bastard. <laughs> so, uh,
1: so he gets home. He gets home. United had a car waiting at the airport for him. He was home in five minutes. The house was under siege. Reporters, television trailers with their satellite dishes. I thought, hello, is Bill Clinton visiting? <laughs> <laughs> Who's this now? Bill fucking Clinton, is
0: it? <laughs> <laughs> Must have read about it in the papers and come but, over. By the way, Bill Clinton hadn't been, wasn't president. It was George W. Bush by that point, wasn't it? Because we were post-1911. Yeah, 2000 and t- 2000, 2004. Who's this former president of the United States? <laughs> Bill Clinton. Jimmy Carter, come round Come peanuts. over. Who's this? Harold Truman. <laughs> <laughs> Lyndon B. Jansen. Who's this? Rasputin. <laughs> 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 he brought him back to life. He's back, is he? He's a good cock man himself. Not many people know that.
1: (laughs) Right, so uh, he thinks Bill Clinton's coming. His wife, Teresa, says that she hadn't been able to get out of the house uh, and says that the dog hasn't been out for a couple of days. Triggs. Triggs. He says, I waited an hour, played with the kids, then got Triggs. Has (laughs) it been an hour yet?
0: (laughs) I asked Triggs. (laughs) He just looked at me.
1: That's um, that's nothing about uh, parents playing with their kids at all. uh,
0: They get (laughs) frustrated and bored
1: by the demands like, what like <laughs> where,
0: if you go to the swimming bars with your kids yeah. and you get in the pool and quite quickly you're like fucking cold and wet you're looking at the clock and I'm feeling a bit hungry <laughs> so you do a deal with them right you go half an hour more they say how long have we been in you know it's five minutes but you go half an hour <laughs> half an hour more and we've been here an hour yeah. but then they look at the big clock the speedo clock that yeah. is traditionally mounted on the wall mm-hmm. And they fucking clock it, and they so then you know you can't get out, and they go they, they go, they go right. So that will be minutes. forty minutes past two. Then yeah. you go, yeah, you are fucking staring at that clock, aren't you? You are For the next yeah. four minutes, Three, and then you I'm, give
1: them a fifteen-minute countdown and a ten-minute countdown, and, and then and, a five st- and then they're still not fucking. Hey, we're out happy. in two
0: minutes. I go right. You have got two more minutes, so decide what you want to do. Do you want to do another jump? Do you want to do that other game where I throw you? Do you want to play sharks again? Do you want to play water taxi? What is it? Just fucking decide now because we've got time for one thing and one thing only.
1: Bless them. <laughs> Wouldn't change them for the world. Jalapeño. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. jalapeño so anyway he I waited an hour played with the kids then got Triggs I had nothing to be ashamed of my <laughs> life was going to be as normal as it could mm-hmm. come on girl we're going for a walk he said and of course he memorably did didn't he, he went out and walked saw, the dog yeah and, and his, all the TV media. cameras got him yeah yeah.
0: Um, him and Triggs
1: Triggs is dead now of course
0: yeah I wish I had a dog because do
1: you you're y-
0: mine <laughs> I, I thought you liked him. your dog
1: it's a love hit
0: really yeah is it it's a pain,
1: really in is it pain in the arse? Is it a pain in the it's It's a half Shih Tzu, which right. is fair enough, but half Chihuahua. So it looks like a Shih Tzu, mm. but inside there's a Chihuahua working the levers.
0: Right. Controlling the brain. And that's, that's, not that's the annoying Chittery, bit of it.
1: scatty, fucking excitable, uh, needy.
0: Yeah, I just think when I see Roy Keane... I get and a proper he's, dog like Triggs. Yeah, he knows when... Dog. Yeah, I wanted to get a staffy, but most likely I'd get a mongrel, because that's what I had growing up. But... I see. I remember seeing Roy King I thought, "That's get back to normal. A dog, I mean, we're going to get on to it. He has some fantastic thoughts very shortly in this book about dogs and the advantages of having them. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it does bring you back down to earth. Because yeah. a dog doesn't give a fuck about what's happened in the past or That's in the future. True. He's just happy to be hanging around with you. Thinking about its goods. But my, my daughter won't let me get one. She hates them. um. I was with the girl off of Love Island, Laura Ranson, yesterday. She came into, uh, I've been doing a bit of work with her. You're
1: listening to the Roy Keane podcast.
0: And she, and the dog, she brings her dog with her everywhere. It's a cute right. little dog. I'm not sure what sort it is, but it's one of those ones that you carry. It's just in a, a bag or something, yeah. Yeah, it's that yeah. sort of thing. Bag dog. And so we went into Talk Radio, because she was going on a show there. And it's also the same little office as you know where Talk Sport is. So mm. it's quite cramped, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So she's let the dog out. She's decided to take it for a walk around the office, this little dog. (laughs) You know the atmosphere at TalkSport. It's confused him. Yeah. Anyway, the dog's walked right into the middle of the uh, talk radio offices and taken a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty... uh, That was pretty... Anyway, let's get on with the book. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This This is it.
1: it! So chapter one goes back to the very beginning. He's born in 1971, 10th of August. The fourth of five children... In Mayfield, a northern suburb of Cork, uh, his older brothers Johnson and Dennis Johnson's a fantastic name, isn't it? For Dennis a child. Johnson.
0: No, no. Oh, Dennis Johnson, Keen.
1: Johnson Keane.
0: Yeah, Johnson's great. it. So what is It's a euphemism for cock. That's the only problem. It is,
1: but it probably wasn't back then.
0: No, not in Ireland. Um, either. It's more of an American thing.
1: Uh, his sister Hillary, younger brother Pat, came along later.
0: Fucking loads of them. He, yeah. Um, but yeah, he was he was the youngest, and he says that had an um, an impact on him because he was was the the youngest. No, no, until the fifth coming on, there was quite a big period. Well, we're all the
1: youngest at some point, aren't we?
0: Yeah, but he said... Take it up with him, mate. This is in the book. He says that for a while he was the youngest and that it made him a bit spoilt. Anyway, he writes very affectionately about cork. He says, "Um, I'm passionately proud of my roots. When asked about their origins, cork people invariably reply with a mischievous grin, Irish by birth, cork by the grace of God. Uh. Now, I know that there's some people listening who are perhaps from Cork or yeah. know the area well and we've had a great response from the people of Cork to our Cork to our impressions the, the accuracy
1: of our Im- impressions yeah. of, of Roy. and
0: because yeah. of that it's gone down so well with the Irish we may well do a live event in Cork, in Cork soon because we... also just reading the book and the passionate way in which he writes about the place I mean mm. I've been there once you've been there it's lovely no. lovely west coast yeah and uh and so I think we will probably go there I'm, And we're, I'm sure we'll be giving a real welcome
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll replicate some of the best moments in the podcast Maybe we'll stand on a table while we do it
0: They'll think Bill Clinton's back The reaction <laughs> we get when we come over
1: it will. There's a bit, he says uh, Growing up I was aware that money was always scarce For example, we never had a car And mm. that kind of, that's in his DNA isn't it That's sort yeah. of like, a car!
0: What she the fuck was a car What are those two things hanging out the bottom of your ass? The card legs <laughs>
1: You don't need the car. You just walk. You just factor it into your day. It's time. <laughs> you can't fight time. Why are you trying to fight time? I
0: fucking tried, believe me. And I last every time.
1: So, uh, no car for the Kane family.
0: He takes up boxing at Brian Dillon's Boxing Club at Dillon's Cross. He had four bouts in the Irish Novice League. Won them all. This was because I was only nine when I joined up. Regulations didn't permit me to box officially until I was 12. So I ended up training for three years. Without <laughs> fighting. I suppose you could describe it as sparring without actually getting involved in a proper bout. You know, what I, mean? I suppose you could describe it as sparring. <laughs> it's not how I fucking saw it. Uh, if I
1: hadn't sparked anybody out, I wouldn't go
0: home when until tra- I had. When my chance of a- eventually came, I must have been the fittest boxer in creation. Wow, <laughs> we're only on page three, uh, that's Dunphy, and he's claimed that's he was that—the fittest boxer in creation. That's
1: Dunphy's line. That's not Roy,
0: and the hungriest. I don't know how you want to phrase this, Stumpy, but <laughs> d- just say that I was <laughs> the ultimate fucking boxer. I was, d- say, here, here's a nice way of putting it. Say, even age 12, I was the fucking hardest cunt in cock. <laughs> and beyond. But think of something more poetic, perhaps. All right there, Roy, don't worry, I've got it covered. What have you written? What's this? The fittest boxer in creation. <laughs> Sounds, I, don't, I don't know about that. Sounds a bit girlish. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's another bit as well, which is quite interesting. Um, Cork sporting traditions are strong and varied. In our house, soccer was the game. Others preferred the Gaelic games of hurling and football. Oh, yeah. And it says, uh, Gaelic games were identified as being truly Irish in a way that other sports, such as soccer and rugby, could never be. Foreign games, especially mm. those associated with Britain, were frowned upon by the more passionate Gael's. Still, sadly, it is a fact that until a year before I was born, any Gaelic hurler or footballer caught attending a soccer or rugby match was automatically banned for life.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sensational, that is, isn't it? That's brilliant. Absolutely. Couldn't Hardcore. fucking believe it. Um, Dennis Irwin, who, of course, I think in the first deep dive, there was a plan to open, I don't know if it was ours or Roy's plan, to open a... Uh, a Whole load of Dennis Irwin themed restaurants I think that was just did. Open them, wasn't oh, he? that was it. course, yeah. There was just water, just served water and bread, I think. Yeah,
1: everyone got to wear a grey cardigan.
0: But it was Ro- so
1: long ago, I've forgotten now.
0: Roy it. really admires Dennis Irwin because Dennis Irwin was good enough. He goes, Before finally choosing soccer, I had to go at hurling and boxing. My hurling career was brief, unlike Dennis Irwin, who was a very accomplished hurler, considered good enough to make the cork county team if he'd stuck at it so there you go a man Mm. of many mysteries isn't he yeah many surprises Dennis Irwin great at hurling yeah that's what they used to say about him
1: that was the rhyme we all used to sing in the playground
0: we'd chase him we'd chase him (laughs) and we'd sing it and he'd scuttle away saying stop stop rhyming at me get out of me head
1: (laughs) Dennis Irwin great at hurling (laughs) Dennis Irwin great at hurling
0: (laughs) oh fuck off will you and that's why in the end he gave it up and he chose soccer instead.
1: Well, did you, there's a bit just after that as well, where Roy talks about how his, his hurling career ended. Um, oh, yeah, with the splinter. What, <laughs> what could be described as a clash of the ash? The base of my hurley broke and a splinter shot into the back of my leg, causing a wound that took the best part of <laughs> six months. <tail. laughs>
0: That's it. I'm done with hurling now. I didn't
1: I didn't I didn't take it out. I just left it there. I decided that the body would deal with it itself. The yeah. body would expel it.
0: Ma'am, do, do get away from me with those fucking tweezers. We don't need tweezers. If God put the piece of wood in my ass, then God can take it out again. And if it doesn't come out, and if I go rotten, and my ass falls off, then that's it's God's, God's plan. will. plan for me, Roy Keane. <laughs> so we wait and see. And what it told me was, I decided that hurling wasn't for me. <laughs>
1: God had given me a second chance we decided to play football <laughs> this is it when he was 12 he entered Mayfield Community School mm. and he says my brother Johnson the brothers Johnson they were good great. When, what did they right. say again was it strawberry, strawberry letter, letter yeah.
0: and stomp as
1: yeah. well my, my brother Johnson had established a keen profile at the school
0: He'd Mm. gone in and put a marker down (laughs) Established the Keen profile It's a nice way of putting it (laughs) Tell him everyone was shit scared of the Keens when we got there Because my brother had smashed a few fucking skulls before I got there Write that down, Dunphy As they say in
1: Advertising World The Keen brand had been well established
0: (laughs) at this point Uh, I'm just going to write something about the Keen brand I think it might be a bit better No, right there they'd smash some fucking skulls And everyone shaved their pants when I walked through the gates Dunphy You've said here
1: as a consequence I was behind the eight ball from day one. What the fuckery fuck
0: does that mean? <laughs> You're talking nonsense, well, that's man. Just,
1: just a little bit of a literary flourish I've put in there. I got, a literary what? I got it from uh, I got it from that American fellow who does all the crime novels. I've forgotten his name mm-hmm. now.
0: Do you know what you remind me of. You write a book. Like that fucking Cristiano Ronaldo used to fuck around with the football. Ah, the step overs and the flourishes. I wouldn't have it from him and I'm not having it from you. If you're going to write a book, shoot down. You start at the beginning, you tell a story and then you finish and then you fuck off. Write a book. You know, I should have got fucking Dennis Irwin to write this for me. There's a man who doesn't fuck around.
1: <laughs> As a consequence, I was behind the eight ball from day one. First class teacher. Name? Me. Keen. Roy Keane. Teacher. Are you Johnson's brother? Yes. Oh, right.
0: <laughs> His rather
1: grim expression didn't really require elaboration. I was a marked man, one to watch out for. <laughs> I did get into a spot of embarrassing trouble one day when me and a friend, Anthony Keneally, I think it is, were caught reading a couple of so-called dirty books.
0: Uh-oh. The I th- can't imagine Roy enjoying that sort of thing. No. What's this? Why's she got no clothes on for God's sake? She catch a fucking death.
1: Where's this Winkle gone? <laughs> I can't see it. What's, what's <laughs> happening?
0: What's he done with it now? No, I don't like this.
1: <laughs> Hold me, Mammy. The books were confiscated. The embarrassment came a few days later when we were summoned to the headmaster's office to reclaim our reading material. Ah, he exclaimed. The two perverts are here for the dirty books. Briefly, shamed and named, we returned to our customary obscurity at the back of the classroom. This, this is it! it. He then um, gets picked for the under-15s trials, which is uh, basically a shop window for the English club scouts. Make or break stuff. Uh, and he says making the Irish team is a mo- much more important matter than passing the Irish... Sorry, passing the intercert, cert which is the, I think the GCSE or whatever they have. Um, so the trials for the international team were held in Dublin. You weren't formally informed if you'd been selected for the trials. Your club received a letter in due course. But the newspapers were first to know, so the Fuck newspapers would out. print the list of who'd been selected for these trials, and then after that, you'd get a letter sent out to your home, which confirmed <laughs> what you'd seen in the newspaper, And that yes, you were <laughs> going to be doing As
0: informed the Irish cassette <laughs> four days ago. <laughs>
1: This is what he says, he says, One evening after school I came home to find my dad smiling with a copy of our local paper, the evening echo in his hand. You're in, boy, you're in the trials in Dublin. So he was going there and so were his Rockmount mates, Alan, Paul, Damien and Len. And they all headed off to Dublin by train. He thinks he played well and he was substituted with 15 minutes to go and he thought it was because the selectors had seen enough to pick him. But uh, when the, the news came of who'd been chosen from the trials, again, via the evening echo... It was bad news. Arkeen was not there on the names listed. Believe me, he says, I double-checked. This was the worst disappointment of, of my life. And the word came back that Roy was just too small. And if you look at the, the, the bit in the book where you know it's got all the pictures and the photographs throughout his life, he was very fucking small. Have you seen it?
0: No, I haven't had a flick through well, that. Well, you
1: can do that later on.
0: But I'm doing yeah, it now, mate.
1: No, well, you can if you want.
0: I can fucking look. Look, Oh, yeah, he's can... small. I can confirm he's a little lad, yeah. I wonder if he did any stuff to make him grow. I love this stuff where he's got tiny, he's got a little suit on.
1: Is the one there where he's sitting on Santa's knee and he's really fucked off? <laughs> I think it's on fucking the first Santa. page of the...
0: Who the fuck is this fucking clown? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's crying. Fraudster. <laughs> There's a particularly shit Santa, I've got to say. <laughs> Irish centre. And
1: the the jacket that his brother's got on is incredible as well.
0: Yeah. Very shiny leather jacket with a fur collar.
1: We'll tweet that out, I think, in, in yeah in conjunction with this episode. Um so he gets another trial at Brighton, but we're gonna leave it there for the for this episode because we're on the brink of what I can only describe as Roy on the Dole.
0: <laughs> yeah. And this as we've is the as we've bit. ran
1: out of time for this episode there doesn't there doesn't seem any point in going into that because it could take quite a while. It could be an episode of its own, Roy on the Dole, but it involves watching a lot of neighbours.
0: <laughs> Not watching the neighbours through the curtains. No. You know, Roy next door. watching the, us, the lamented it's, Australian soap opera neighbours. Oh, is it?
1: Yeah, still on Channel 5. But yeah, lamented, lamented fits. Paul this, Robinson's still in it.
0: This, this is... this. Not Jim Robinson. Oh, yeah, because Jim Robinson became super famous in American yeah, TV, didn't he? Yeah, Paul it?
1: Robinson, who was played by Stephen Dennis. He's still yeah. in it.
0: Doesn't it make you feel good? Yeah. No, it fucking doesn't, actually, Stephen. <laughs> he's been feeling fucking depressed. I've Ro- been rejected by Brighton.
1: Jim Robinson came back into it with a Christmas in a Dream sequence.
0: Did he? He did. <laughs> yeah, I wish I'd watched that yeah. on YouTube. It. Look
1: forward to our deep dive on yeah. the entire history of Neighbours, uh-huh. episode by episode, coming up in 2023. Yeah, so we'll leave it there for this uh, first part of the Kane Odyssey. Uh we hope we haven't let you down. There's plenty more to come. We're on the page, page eleven of the book. <laughs>
0: <I'm> fucking it out. Buckle up. <laughs> Buckle up for a fucking. How can we make a fucking re, a, a review of a book longer than the book itself?
1: We sit back and listen. Yeah, we can do it. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.